You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Well, welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Eric Pacheco. Yep, yep. So, Eric, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? Uh, so, right now, I currently work uh, at catering uh, up at the University of Delaware. I'm student manager there, so I kind of look over all our staff, um, hiring, firing, anything in between, and then uh, slowly looking to get into a more kind of professional role, maybe somewhere um aml compliance like anti-money laundering stuff but we'll see how that goes you said anti-money laundering so where did that kind of come from out of if you're doing catering for you know a university and kind of the hiring and firing that is the structural process of it but like going into money laundering these types of things where'd you get interested in that i would have to say because i went to the university graduated with a bachelor's in criminal justice and you basically have like three options it's either social work, policing, or law school. And that's at least what I always thought. I started looking into it more because I was like, as much as I want to be a cop, that's a long process. I need something kind of in between. And I was like, oh, wow. There's actually this whole other field that no one in criminal justice ever talks about that you can use with your degree. So I started looking a lot more into that. And I was like, wow, this is something I could actually do could actually make a decent amount of money and not potentially get shot at or have, you know, this high PTSD down the road. So I thought it was a, it was a good little uh, compromise for myself. Yeah. As much people want to talk crap on cops and say that they're all like just crooked or corrupt. I'm like, it's a hard job. First of all, it's like the same job of being president. You're putting faith into a a person, you know, that is known to make mistakes. And you got to think, does that cop know you have a gun on you? You know, I fight for the advocacy of cops. I fight on their side and also can bring up points against them as well. I think the problem is it's depending on the person, you know, a lot of people, Mm -hmm. even from, if you've ever seen the uh, Netflix documentary, the Stanford experiment, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what happens. Like some people, when they get put in an authoritative role, they immediately take part in that role and they go to the farthest reach of it. You know, they don't give people the time and the chance. They just choose to be the authoritative figure because a lot of people feel like they need a position of power. Um, it's, it's definitely something interesting, criminal justice, like you were explaining, like there's other, there's a whole nother thing you never even knew about that has to do with it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I always thought it was just lawyers and all these things dealing with like criminals. Yeah. Um, I think that's what a lot of people kind of think about because, um, usually a lot of people, if you're going in criminal justice, it's usually from what I've experienced, people I know is always lawyers, cops. And then if not, people are like, well, I'll just go to grad school and uh, I guess I'll figure it out at some point. Yeah, that seems like a lot of reason why people go to college. Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm a student. Like, okay, what do you plan on wanting to do? I don't really know yet. I'm just kind of in college. I'm like, that's exactly what the answer was for me. People would ask me what I wanted to be in life. And I said, I don't know. I just want to go to college. Yeah, I think we're in a tough spot in our society because it's almost like if you want to get a job at the bare minimum, you need to go to college, but then you need to go to grad school because everybody else is going to college. But a lot of people are going to college just to go. They don't have a reason. 
And then you have all these trades where people don't know you can make so much money. And it's just like a thing that gets pushed to the wayside. Well, it's crazy to think because like the, the safe idea is you want to go to college and get a degree so you'll always have a job. And that's not even becoming the normal thing anymore. Now exactly. it seems like when you needed an associates that could get you doors would literally fly open. It doesn't even really open up a door anymore. Now it's a bachelor's. And then later it's going to be from a bachelor's to a master's. And then you're going to need something like a 10-year education after grade school to even really get a sufficient job. Yeah, it's honestly... The, the system's so messed up. And the issue is, we were talking about it, people go to school and they don't know what they want to do. And it's you're putting a lot of pressure on 18, 17, 19-year-olds to commit to a college and then you pick a, a degree and either you're going to follow with that for four years if you want to graduate on time or, God forbid, you get in there, you're like, you know what, this isn't what I'm going to do. I want to either transfer to a different school for a different program or just change it to a different program. Now you're behind on credit and now you're not even close to graduating on time. Like one of our uh, members in our podcast, uh, Ezra, he's on his like seventh year of college because he transferred. He played D1 football, transferred, transferred, transferred. Nothing ever transfers over. And now he's hopefully going to graduate in the springtime. Mm. It's crazy because it's like how much education is enough education to get you technically through. Now I've met some people that have dropped out of high school, but they're smart as hell. They know how to live. Okay. They're making more money than I would probably that I'm making now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how did you were able to do that? Cause they found the way that what worked for them. There are some people that are what we call street smart, you know, yeah. equipped to kind of deal with the natural world. And it really seems different. And this is what I want to ask you. So with technology becoming such a major influence in today's society, it has helped us in many ways, but I also think it's created problems and the problems that it's fixed are ones that it made on its own. Okay. So what I mean is the types of connectivity and all these things. Okay. That's helped us being able to connect like me and you, for example. Mm -hmm. But the problem is there could be error issues. There could be things like getting disrupted. It's not a perfect system. That's what we choose to look at. We don't choose to look at it was something that was incorporated into our life. So it's known to have faults. We want it to be perfect. And yeah. it's gave people a mentality of if it doesn't work, then it's trash and get a new one. <laughs> it's like, but that's not true. You got to realize that it's a, also an invention. It's a creation of something and it's nothing in this world is perfect. Yeah. I mean, you can look at technology just five years ago, 10 years ago, the leaps and bounds that we've made over time is... It's, I don't think people are realizing, I think we become so comfortable with technology. And as you said, if it's not working, it's like, oh, this is trash. Like I need to get rid of it. Like my phone keeps randomly shutting off and dying. I'm like, I just need to go buy a new one. And it's like, no, I could probably just switch out the battery and save me, you know, 700 bucks right there. But my immediate thought is just, no, this isn't working. Let me restart it. If it's not working again, let me just get rid of it. It's, it's, it's a bad system and we're taking for granted what we have. And I don't think people realize that. Enough. I think, yeah, we're becoming a little bit too comfortable. What's crazy is the amount that you get to see it affect mental health. So I went oh, to school yeah. for psychology and now I'm seeing kids and hearing about people's kids that are experiencing anxiety at the ages of like seven, eight, you know, 12. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And I'm starting to look at that. Remember back in the day when you got your ass kicked, it was only like for a week people were talking about it. 
Then it went away. Not with today's world. They have it gets put on a cell phone. It gets sent around. Next thing you know, it's on the internet. Next thing you know, you become a world star hip hop video. <laughs> yeah. I would say that social media has definitely as great as it can be. Like I'm a big sports fan. I'm always swiping through to see, Oh, what's going on? Eagles fan, terrible life to be terrible life to live, but you're always swiping through seeing new things going on. Oh, what trades like it's good in that aspect. And I worked at summer camp. I'm, you know, be, be able to be connected with so many people who are like across the way, Europe, Australia and all that. But at the same time, there's so much negativity on there that I feel like we just need to kind of step back and not kind of dive so much into it. I mean, on the iPhones, it tells you how much like your average screen time a day is. And like, I'm somewhere around like four hours, but even like, dude, what am I doing on my phone for four hours that I really need to be that connected to it? Candy crush. <laughs> it's yeah. true though. Cause I mean, I'm a big fan of Ari Shafir's method of kind of bringing yourself off your cell phone. Yeah. His um, fucking flip phone that he just lives on. And now he's got a normal phone. But the whole idea yeah. was he looked at his screen time and saw that he was spending way too much time on it. I mean, how it's benefit. It's a very good benefit when you are in a long trip scenario. So if you're in a car ride, you have nothing to do but look out the window. Yeah, It does kind of hinder a little bit of the creativity because I see a lot of kids now do not have imaginary friends, which is really, really strange because that was such a big thing back in my childhood. Yeah, no, people just talk to Siri. That's their imaginary friend. Yeah, and they give it like a weird accent too. It's, like, <laughs> it's either like a Chinese person or something. I'm like, I remember having to look out the window on trips. I would go up to my grandparents' house who live in Delaware. And mm -hmm. they would like on, on the drive up there, it's about an hour trip from my house. I would picture and create some person running beside the car just with yeah. my mind and just be like, oh, and every single thing that passed by my vision, it was like an obstacle he had to jump over. It was It was mm -hmm. fun. Then that turned into Game Boy a little bit. And that turned into something else that captured my attention. Next thing you know, those hour trips turned into 5, 10, 15 minutes, felt yeah. like. Which yeah. actually kind of sucks because I missed a good amount of time that I'm looking forward to now. Like uh, when I drive with them, like last year or something, I made sure that like we took this two-hour car trip. I did not look at my cell phone once. We just sat there, listened, and talked, and just had a good old time. Yeah, there's... When you're able to put your phone down and kind of live in the moment, I think you just, you get a, like a greater appreciation for everything that's going on. Like when I used to go to UD, I would take out my headphones when I was walking and just listen to people. You will hear the most ridiculous conversations of your life. If you just take your headphones out for 10 minutes in some public area and listen to what people are saying, it's honestly hysterical. And it almost blows my mind that people give no care in the world to what they're saying, no matter how embarrassing it might be in public. It, it's honestly incredible. Yeah, I think more people need to take. Um, so I have a little bit of a theory. You, you got to bear with me here. OK, so after taking a sip of coffee, my brain is now even more mm -hmm. alert. OK, so I'm going to go into Alex Jones mode. No, I'm just kidding. But um, mostly <laughs> with connectivity. I believe that with social media, it's what we've created now is called fake connectivity. I've talked about it before in the podcast that have you ever played the game Sims? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. The social skill. It, it drains lower than all the rest. Okay. There's mm -hmm. a food meter. There's all these things that 
I, I mean, it, it drains fast. Like you have to eat every couple of hours or so. So you feel like your Sims eating or shitting all the time. <laughs> well, there is a social skill that degrades slower than the rest. And when it hits to a bottom, you become depressed. You cannot isolate yourself from people for such a long time without feeling negative effects from it. So when someone goes home and they post something on Facebook, on social media, such as a complaint about their day, it gets a like. It gets mm -hmm. two likes or something. Next thing you know, they feel like they're heard and they're loved by people that really don't give two shits about them, sadly. And I, I, it, when that like or whenever increases every single time you post, so let's say you're at 10 likes now, when the next post you get only gets two likes, you feel upset. You don't mm -hmm. feel that comfortability like anybody's listening to you which is different when you could easily connect with someone that is very close to you, such as a friend or a loved one. Yeah, I can definitely get behind that. Uh, for a while, I just stopped. Now I would use social media, but I just stopped posting. Like I don't I never, I probably haven't posted on Instagram in a year. I probably, I literally just started tweeting yesterday because of the Eagles game. And I was basically saying we need to fire Jim Schwartz. But besides that, the only thing I would ever post on social media would be for our podcast. I'd be on the Instagram and the Twitter, just making sure that everybody knows there's a new episode. And then that was it. Cause I was like, I don't want to sit here and you're just waiting. Oh, how many likes am I going to get? Oh, why isn't this getting likes? Why is no one commenting? I'm like, why do I care? It's just people probably mindlessly scrolling and then some double, like double tapping an Instagram picture, liking a tweet. And it's like, what is that doing for me? It's not doing anything. It's, our it's just like feeding my ego. Yeah, our phones are giant dopamine sensors. I think it's because we look at social media so much like Instagram, Facebook, and we follow people that are celebrities or have a lot going on for them or are very, very interesting people that make our lives feel bland and uninteresting. So we need to kind of put something out there that's why we get depressed so fast It's because we're like, wow, this person's in Hawaii right now. And I'm sitting here freezing my ass off. I have to wear <laughs> two shirts because our uh, two jackets because I'm too poor to afford heat. Like it's that type of scenario. And it's like, but you don't see the other side of that. All the work they had to do to take that trip that now they're probably in debt because they took that trip. Yeah, it's. I mean, social media is basically just front stage and you're not seeing the backstage, which is all the real stuff that's going on that Instagram doesn't see, that maybe people close to them don't even see. And it's really just, you're seeing basically a facade and what people want you to see. on there. No one's ever posting their bad stuff on Instagram. No one's like, damn, bank account hit minus 10 today. Don't know how I'm going to make rent this week. Like you don't see any of that stuff. I, I feel like, with problems and all these things that keep popping up more and more and more, um, a lot of it has to do with just social media because it seems like with how big of an influence and how much we rely on it in life now, before like our grandparents or someone of an older generation, my great grandfather did not need a cell phone. Mm -hmm. He was literally like, I grew up in the 20s. Like, what the fuck is a cell phone? I was like, <laughs> uh, it's this awesome thing that's be able so I can contact you and call you and tell you, like, you know, talk to you. So you, I don't have to come to Baltimore every time to see you. And he's <laughs> like, okay. He's like, then why don't you just write me a letter? I'm like, because no one writes Oof. fucking letters, man. And he's like, oh, dude. He just looked at me and like, he, he gets to see his heart break a little bit. He was like, I don't need that shit. I don't need it. And I'm like, okay. And I do, he's gave me the best wisdom I think I've ever gotten in my life, you know, rest in mm -hmm. peace. But holy crap, man. I remember my signature is so bad. 
<laughs> they taught cursive in school, but they took it out while I was learning it. So I don't know how to, they stopped on the fucking Z. Who stops at the end of alphabet? <laughs> so it's like my signature's crap. So when I go and sign a paycheck and the bank just knows me now, they're like, oh, that's Robbie. They're like, I can't even fucking read this thing. And I heard him say it one time in the bank. I was like, hey, the mic's still on. And like, oh, sorry about that. We'll get your balance for you real quick. And then they clicked it off. And I was like, damn. But when I, when I, I just do it in print now and they just yeah. accept it because my grandfather opened up a card for me one time and he called me about it through, uh, my great grandmom actually mm -hmm. has a cell phone and, um, gave it to him. He was like, Robbie, he's like, I don't know what this says. Can you tell me what you wrote? And I said, you know, I love you. Uh, happy birthday and stuff. He goes, there's no, I don't see a fucking happy birthday. Written <laughs> this and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, well, I, I wrote it in cursive and he was like, that's cursive. And I was like, yeah, he goes, I'm dude. He goes, I'm 90 years old. I could put my reading glasses on and I still can't read this shit. I was, wow. It was the funniest thing to me because it, he was such a character too. But I was like, that's where it shows where our priorities have changed back in the day. Like it was going outside and playing, you know, mm -hmm. my cousin told me the other day that he got caught in the rain while riding his bike home. And I was like, okay, so what happened? You got wet and then you ran inside the house. It was a cool feeling. Like he had to kind of run from the storm. He goes, no, I Ubered. I was what? like, whoa, whoa, take a step back. You Ubered? And he was like, yeah, man. And he goes, I was really glad the Uber guy could fit my bike in his car. I swear to God, I it felt like someone hit me in the stomach and knocked the wind out of me. Dude, I couldn't imagine when I was younger having an Uber. We would literally, once it was summertime, it was like morning until night. We were just outside playing any and every sport, just creating games, just taking like a bucket, going like across the street and just saying, who's going to get it into the bucket and make it stay? Because it's a tennis ball. So you know there's going to be a bounce effect once it goes inside. Like just stuff like that. And I feel like kids don't even that's comprehend that. That's geometry right there, good sir. You're already yeah. using what school said that you're going to be using in life. I don't know where calculus plays into any of this, but <laughs> it, it's there. But like kids don't understand now because now they can just calculate stuff on their phones, like a calculator instead of having to do stuff. I believe that it is definitely a benefit to a, like I use it every day, so, uh, social media, all these things. But mm -hmm. when I go into the grocery store, my phone's in the car. Yeah. yeah. I'm not bringing that in because that 30 minute grocery trip will turn into two hours. Yeah. It's, uh, it almost, as you said, like with Ari, with his kind of disconnecting, I almost, I kind of want to go on a vacation and just kind of leave my phone and just see like how much better I feel. Not always like, gravitating towards it looking to see like you know you, you do a little check you know keys wallet phone like just not even worrying about that and just kind of living life and just being more in the moment about things um yeah i mean like for me i broke my phone for two days and i i noticed something i was doing that i did not like was as soon as i woke up i was trying to look for my phone to check for it oh uh, yeah i do that all the time yeah, I eliminated that from my life immediately. I was like, that is not happening. So now when I wake up, the first thing I do is actually go to the bathroom. I, uh, you know, get kind of like a little bit of food in me, brush my teeth, get ready, and then I'll check my phone. And it's crazy to think that you could be off your phone for an hour, two hours, and you have like 30 missed notifications. And how much of those notifications are actually important? Yeah, no, I mean, 90% of the time, it's not 
And then it's like, I feel like the one time, like, I'm not going to worry about my phone. Something important happens. And I'm like, this is why I can't do it. Got to always have it on me in case something like this happens. Oh, man, I'm telling you, what do you think it's going to happen? Like, if you had to kind of guess what the future is going to be like, I feel like it's going to be like Wally, where everybody's 300 pounds and just laying on a giant bed that floats for us. I mean, it's hard not to think that's something, something similar or that's going to happen, man. I mean, I feel like people aren't as active as they used to be. And the only active people that you see are the ones that post on social media. I think it's just going to be kind of, we're going to become more and more ingrained in our technology. And eventually it's going to be like, just literally a part of you where you just like hit something on your temple and like, it just pulls it up right in front of you. I, I, yeah. I, oh. Hey, gotcha. it's crazy. Cause like what types of, like you do a podcast so, called porch talk. So you mm-hmm. have two other hosts with you, but what do you guys try and focus on? Like, is there just random stuff every single day or is it something that you guys kind of plan out and focus? <sighs> Honestly, it's like uh, it's a game time decision. We'll come in and we'll like FaceTime because we're obviously pages in Kentucky and Ezra's in up in PA or Virginia, depending on the school year. And we're like, what are we talking about this week? We'll go and go through social media, see if there's anything like hot topics, either like politics or something. And then usually it's just stuff that goes on like within our lives. Like you brought up the cursive. We talked about that last week because uh, Ezra had the same issue. He turned in a paper, wrote his name in cursive, and the lady was like, I can't read cursive. And it's like, you're a college professor, and you don't know how to read cursive? Like, what is going on? What happened? Why did they take it out? (laughs) Why did they just decide it was not important anymore? Once technology came in, everybody just types everything. Yeah, now writing is becoming a dead language. It is literally becoming typing now. There's now typing classes. Kids don't have a textbook anymore. They have a tablet a registered tablet. Dude, that would have made my life so much easier when I was younger. Instead of carrying all these books around, you just carry a tablet. Everything's already on there. I wouldn't want that. You know why? Why? Because I liked flipping through the pages and seeing people draw dicks on all the president's faces. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was an enjoyment. You can't do that on a tablet. Okay. You ever went through the book when it was like, oh, turn to page 38. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn to page 32, turn to page 46, turn to page 78. Guess what? You're gay. It's like, oh, Yeah. I was, I thought I was clear. Thought I was yeah. good. He didn't it was a sound good little like, treasure, man. Good little yeah. treasure back in the day. It's, it's crazy. Cause like, I remember that, like, I love the feeling of, I mean, not back in the day, I obviously didn't of carrying my book bag and it was like 80 pounds, but it was funny because you get to see through the year when you stopped really giving a shit about school yep. was when like the beginning you had like a, the heaviest book bag with all your books and folders and everything lined up, everything labeled correctly and you get all the syllabus and stuff. And then towards like the end, you just have like two folders in there used for everything, just shove it all in there. Yeah, man. Those were the good old days when you just slowly started depleting everything. You're like, listen, man, we got like two weeks left. Grades are already pretty much grades. I'm just trying to make it through the summer. And like, that's it. Yeah, I remember because I I was a bad student. I mean, I just barely showed up. I mean, the education system gave up (laughs) on me at the start because I had ADHD. So Mm. really at the start, like when I was in school, they didn't know a whole lot about ADHD. It was kind of like a, it's, it's like the, all the allergies people have now, like that wasn't a thing back in the day, but yeah. now it's like a main thing. I like can't have nuts, can't have this, but like for me, they gave up on me sending me out of class all the time. So I was like, fuck this. 
Mm-hmm. So I was immediately like, I don't care about this. This is not something I'm ever going to try for. And like, it, it was so strange because the only classes I truly ever really enjoyed were one were the ones with my few teachers that actually gave me a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, come on, let's make it fun. Let's make it interesting. You know, you have ADHD, so let's try and incorporate more projects and getting and in, being more involved in stuff rather than sitting down. And I'm like, school just wasn't for me. But I, it was crazy because I would have these dreams at night, like when I was a kid, where I was like going to fail the semester. And mm-hmm. I would wake up and had, the dream was I was repeating that same grade while all my friends were a grade ahead of me. And mm-hmm. I would get such panic attacks. Like I would freak out. I was like, oh, shit. And then I would come into class, like put an apple on the teacher's desk and be like all like sweet charming her and stuff. <laughs> yeah, isn't that – do you ever wonder – if teachers would have actually given you a shot more, would you have actually cared about school? I definitely think if maybe I wasn't getting sent out of class, I would probably like I'm known for my ADHD to be a class clown. I would always get up and try and do something to make a bunch of people laugh. But mm-hmm. every teacher, the problem is authority does not work on me. Um, yeah. You have to ask me to do something and treat me with respect rather than telling me to do something, even my like bosses at my work, just be like, Hey Rob, can you do this for me? I'm like, yeah, I can. But if you go, Rob, do this. And I'm like, uh, no, no, that's not happening. And it's, it's not, it's just something inside of my head really where I'm like, we're all people coming together on this earth together. And we need to treat each other with respect, no matter what your title is, your job description, the trash man should get the same much respect as Elon Musk. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you only treat him different because his bank account's bigger. Yeah. And I I always feel like that's, that's something ingrained with us where it's like, if someone asks you to do something, it's like, oh yeah, it's fine. Or it like, but the thing is, if you were gonna do it and then someone tells you to do it, it's like, oh, do you go fuck yourself? Like, no, now that you told me to do it when I was already gonna do it, I don't wanna do it anymore. Well, it's it's the factor of we also have an adopted characteristic in human society now where we t- tend to really belittle people and only wanna get what we wanna get. That's our adopted thing throughout the world now, because it seems like you just have to grab a piece for yourself and not care about anybody else. The real primal essence inside of all of us, the ones we've kind of should have by nature is um, it's 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 something about caring about individuals like you only see this come out when there's a threat to human nature, like a terroristic attack, Mm -hmm. a bunch of people totally forgetting about race, all these things, and just coming together to help solve each other in a problem, you know, in a scenario. It's just, it's difficult for people to keep that mentality when there's so much influencing us and making us feel like we're not ever going to have a legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that because I feel like a lot of people just think I have to get mine because no one else is going to give it to me. We have, and it's, where, it's, did, where did it come from? Where did that, where did that go? I think, I don't know, man. You could almost, you could almost say social media played a part because you see a lot of successful people and you see, you know, some people say, oh, it's hard work. Some people say, hey man, I had to go and get it myself because no one's going to give it to me. So then you start getting this mindset. Well, like, look, 
he said it's going to happen if I, he went out and did it. So if I go and do the same thing, then I can go and get it. And the fact that now you can get PTSD, like they're finding out you can get PTSD through social media and like technology really? now, you can get traumatic stress disorder. From what though? Just the, the fear of someone talking shit on you, the fear of all these uh, things that people tend to do, even though it's not what technology is meant to be. All these rabbit holes, people can take it down, such as writing a song about you, creating the, the fact that now people have to really be careful of what they're saying if they're famous because someone can take it and then morph it together with another video, chop up your vocals and all these different things and make you say something you never said. Oh, you know, like a nice like Joe Rogan deep fake. Yeah, yeah. Those are amazing, <laughs> by the way. But like Joe Rogan you know, talking to Joe Rogan, that kind of stuff. Bert Kreiser, for example, they oh. take every bits and pieces of things he said and he's become the racist comic. He oh, now, that's my favorite fat racist comedian by far. Exactly, right? He's so he, Bert Chrysler, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's Bert Christmas, yeah. Yeah, I, I love Tom Segura. You know, oh, so Segura's one cave, their podcast. Everybody, if you're listening, check it out. It's pretty awesome. So great. But it's it's funny because that's what I think like is a benefit to podcasting is that it does create fandoms, but it also is a sense for people to get their voice out there, whether someone's listening or not. It's about expressing yourself because we live in a world now where it seems like it's all structured to be the gym that works the nine to five, not about expressing yourself anymore, about just getting the job that gets you a paycheck and surviving. I don't want to just survive. I want to have fun. I want to be able to live my life and not have to do something crazy to be able to live my life. Exactly. I feel like that's why uh, me and my friends started our podcast. It was like, man, we just, we talk randomly and we would just have like these long, like hour, like five hour long FaceTimes. And we're like, why don't we just like record this and put it out and whatever happens, happens. Like, why don't, like, what's the point? Like, why not? Why not take something that we're already doing, just record it, put it out. And then, you know, if something were to happen, it doesn't, doesn't like it's whatever, but at least we're doing something fun. I get to exercise like my creative aspects when it comes to like, it's kind of sort of editing. It's more like just chopping out random bits, putting up some things on social media, but it's like, it's just fun to, you know, practice and get your brain going. Cause you don't get to do that. Like most, most of the time throughout the days. Do you think that podcasting, like, what would you say the benefits of it would be? I think it gives it now you kind of have to not care what people think to a certain aspect because like we'll definitely on our podcast talk about some like, you know, hot button topics and like, it's not purposely hot takes. It's just what we think and kind of devil's advocate, but it gives you an outlet to kind of express yourself. And if you want to, you can be your truest self and not really think about it. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's like, see, what's weird is I, I've talked to uh, my buddy Alex, who's a news, uh, he's a journalist in Brazil, and he talks about being like writing an article for the paper. He had to get all these evidence behind it. And he goes, you know, what sucks nowadays is now someone can just create an article on the web and they're all immediately a journalist. Yeah. He goes, there's no, and there's no detriment to their career or their life if they create a false advertised article you mm -hmm. know saying that if you eat two scoops of raisin bran you get stomach cancer <laughs> some idiot's gonna look at that and be like oh god and then stay away from raisin bran like i did at one point but it's <laughs> it's like it's like looking up on webmd you don't have to be correct anymore no any it's blogger just... is a giant social media influence yeah it's 
it's an oversaturated market, which is why I think people really have to be able to do the research and not just read a title, read a tweet. Really, if you want to know something, you're going to have to dive into it and really get a bunch of different sources, kind of like how journalists do. Because if not, you're just talking out of your ass like anybody else would. Now, with all the stuff you've podcasted about, like such problems that just come up either in the day or something you all kind of are experiencing, what's one that you find really, really interesting and one that you've either done or going to do that you really, really think about a lot? Um, I know recently we've been talking about really doing a deep dive because we did a deep dive when I couldn't even tell you. Well, I'm going to say after the El Paso shooting, we did a deep dive into all the gun laws and everything that's going on with that. And I think now we're kind of looking into doing one on private prisons because I don't think enough people realize how many private prisons there are, one, in the U.S., how much money they make off of it, and why I think that really affects the laws in the U.S. Because if you're not putting people in jail for these small offenses that are happening, you're not going to be able to fill that prison and then you're not making money. I think that's the thing that people really need to be aware of. And this falls because of your criminal justice education. Oh yeah, man. The, <sighs> criminal justice will make you like really hate the system in so many different levels. If you actually pay attention. I watched classes. a show called Adam ruins everything and mm-hmm. he highlighted the education system. I don't know if you've ever seen that episode. I've, I've, I know the, I've seen a show. I haven't seen that episode. He talks about how, solitary confinement should be illegal oh my god dude it's so bad for you isolating someone with their thoughts yeah and it's not for like a day or like a couple hours they'll be in there for weeks to months upon end. the problem is you don't know when the passage of time when you're locked up with no windows nothing Mm -hmm. to see light at all you don't know how if it's been an hour if it's been but you start getting auditory hallucinations you start there's a kid that was i think uh 22 when he went into uh prison and he got out four years later and he spent a lot of his time in solitary confinement and his parents talked about how when he came home he would lock himself in his room he would throw he threw his tv out his window he put his mattress on the floor and he would literally just sit there with his thoughts like his own solitary confinement and he said he just could not cope he would they would have to put leave food at the door because he wouldn't come downstairs and he ended up killing himself jesus like you look at them that was a a torture thing they used to use back in the day was isolate you for weeks and weeks on end i mean people get to see the stupid version of it with norman reedus where he's on the walking dead and they're just playing that damn song over and over again but you literally go batshit insane but this is just a way for people to problem solve something it's like putting a band-aid over a like a like a severe injury you're not doing anything but just pushing the problem farther down the road yeah and especially solitary confinement like you the only ways you would really know how times were were probably when you got food that'd probably be your best guess of like oh this is probably you know this time this time but again you don't know how many days you've been in there and that the toll that it has to take on you i mean that kid killed himself like the fact that he got home and literally just put himself in solitary confinement says a lot about how bad that situation must have been. I definitely think that, you know, you got to look at, I understand it from like a, a law perspective, 
but I don't think we're looking at it from a human perspective. Um, I think that instead of a judge doing so many cases a day uh, mm-hmm. with different trials, I think that they should each judge should only have to be committed to maybe 12 cases a year where he goes and actually analyzes these serious cases and gets all the evidence, both sides of the thing, and try and see the perspective from it. But the problem is they get so many and they get a giant workload that um, they just sit there and go guilty, not guilty. And they try and find the best evidence with just a little bit of time that they have. And I feel like there should be a long, extensive process with it. And I get it. There's so many people doing bad things. You can't really do invest all those resources into that. But it also just creates a bunch of people that are locked up or in there and they're not getting anything done. They're just staying in there for a certain amount of time and they come back out and do the same exact thing over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it would be ideal if you could, obviously the workload's too much. And then a lot of trials or a lot of things don't even go to trials. A lot of it's focused more on plea deals um, just because obviously the system's already so backloaded enough, but I do agree. There's a high uh, rate of recidivism because we're not rehabilitating people because, Oh, you know what? Someone who's in a lower income situation, let's say they're selling drugs, they get arrested. Well, they get out, they have to pay a bunch of fines, probation, all that stuff. You know, once you have any marketing record, hard to get a job that's not going to pay you minimum wage. Most, if not, no one should really be able to live off the minimum wage where it's at right now. It's way too low. So then what do you do? Turn back to drugs and it's just a constant cycle. So at some point, it's almost, it's basically the definition of insanity. with something over and over again, expecting a different result. You have to look at what's going on and see what are we going to change? Because we can't keep doing the same thing. We've been doing it forever and nothing is changing in all this time. Uh, man, I'm telling you, if for someone that doesn't really understand the full capacity or mentality of, first of all, what a private prison is, can you explain that to people out there that might be listening and not fully understand? So basically you have these, it's usually like these bigger corporations or like just someone with a lot of money. Like, you know what? I want to get into the game. You know, you scratch a couple, you know, shake a couple hands, you know, put a little money here, talk to a congressman in a certain area. And you basically get this random plot of land in some random area that's doing nothing, unabandoned. You know, it's it's like when you're doing a long drive and you'll come through this random road and you see like a random prison, you're like, oh, this is out here. So they basically just buy this plot of land, build a prison on it, and then they just start taking money from the government because they're running their prison. And then they're making profits because they're getting so much money and so much backing from the government. And and, and it's basically just a prison that is making a profit at in the basic definition. Man, what can't we make a profit off of, dude? You have <laughs> to look American at dream, that. American dream, man. Man, American I, I, dream. I, I try and like see like the kind of the see it from both sides. But it's funny because, you know, when you can, a lot of people take deep interpretations of things. Yeah. So I took deep interpretation with homeless people. I was like, they're just the best minimalists. That's all they are is the best minimalists. They have literally nothing. And that's like, that's sometimes true. But like, you get to see, like, we have a, in Ocean City, we have a, a little bit of a homeless people problem too. But the weird thing is you don't see any of them during winter time. And I'm like, do they just disappear? And no, if they get themselves arrested so they can have a home and they can have food, they can have something 
you know, to shelter them from the environment. And I'm like, are we that bad as people? Is is homelessness that really big of an issue? Like we can't find empty homes that are just sitting there, give them like a two month period to try and get their life on track by giving them the resources and tools and then maybe eliminate the homeless factor. Nah, too, it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. And the same thing with starvation. That shouldn't even be a thing. Do you know how much food is thrown out every single day that just expires on that day and FDA regulates that that's not good for consumption? I'm like, you know how long food actually stays good inside the package if it's not opened after its expiration date? About two to a couple months, depending on what the food is. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, if you ever go to a store and you find something that's expired or it's about to expire, they knock down the price. But if it expires on that day, they can't sell it to you and they throw it away. But how hard is it for someone just to leave it off to the side for a homeless person to have? But no, they want to see that person jump into the trash can and get it out themselves. They know they're going to do it. Yeah, I used to work at a grocery store and... When I would get really bored, we I would we would just have to like go to the shelves and kind of see what's close to expiring. And it was usually like kind of things like Hostess or like Tasty Cakes were those things, depending on what they were. We and deli sit. foods too, yeah, yeah. And it's like eventually you just take a cart, start throw getting it on the cart, and you take it out back and you just throw it away. It's just like that's just what it was. Like you don't even think about it until like now. I'm like, wow, we just literally threw it away just because it was going to expire or was like expired that day. I'll never forget when I was in. I think seventh to eighth grade, my neighbor was like two grades ahead of me. And he just came like at the bus stop, like with a giant white hefty trash bag. And he just grabs it and throws it behind one of this, uh, our, one of our street signs that was kind of covered up. We lived in like a, like a near a golf course. So they had like mm-hmm. these, like this white picket fence sign and he yeah. threw it behind it. So you couldn't tell what was back there. And I was like, what the hell was that? And he goes, dude, I just got a bunch of donuts. I was like, what do you mean? And that's when I found out that they throw donuts away at night or uh, mm-hmm. early in the morning, like the ones that are bad, like Baskin Robbins or uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And they just throw them and put them all in a white trash bag. So he, he knows the guy that works there and gave him a giant trash bag of donuts. I'm like, how much of that stuff gets thrown out every single day that could be easily donated somewhere or given to just a random person on the street that's begging for change? It's a shame because I've learned from catering, we throw out food and the thing is we can't give it away even to like a shelter or anything because of not only like the, either if it's hot food or cold food, like the temperature regulations and like laws. So like basically if we give it away, even though it could be fine, even if it could be like in, in, in a perfect world, temperature cap, like all that, if anybody were to ever get sick for any reason, you would be held liable and you would be like shut down and sued so quick. That's when the, the real yeah, thing. that's when the FDA steps in. And this is when I, I have this little kind of proposal for them to kind of fix this problem. Just get them to sign a waiver where they cannot be liable for any types of effects that might happen if it does occur. I mean, that's not a bad idea. You know you how know, simple it would be for... You know how a simple, a homeless person would easily sign that up? Be like, I'm on the point of fucking starving to death. Damn right. I want that tasty cake and just sign it. Like, are you kidding me? You know how easy that would be? And they, they're not going to sue you if they already agreed to something. First of all, they're not liable anymore. Yeah. They're agreeing to ingesting that, but that would help out so much that, but everyone's afraid that someone's going to 
fake something or do something and then they're going to have to pay a whole bunch of money to this person. They're going to get sued or something. I'm like, have we just became sue happy people? Listen, I'll tell you this right now. If I were to ever become homeless, knock on one that I'm not, and someone gave me food like that, like a corporation, and I I would definitely, if I needed to, fuck it, I'm going to sue you and I'm going to get out of, because you know what? Got to do what you got to do. Got to go get yours. That's the society we live in. And that sucks because everybody wants a piece nowadays. How many times do you have something going on for yourself, such as a project? Or maybe your podcast is kicking up and mm-hmm. someone's like, hey, can I come on? Can I do this? Can I promote this? Can I promote that? It's like, what the, f- what? <laughs> Why? Yep. Oh, well, I see you're taking off. I want to kind of hop a ride on that NASA jet. I'm like, no, stop. Mm-hmm. Make it for yourself. I'm more than happy to help you, but I'm not just going to let you take a piece of what I'm building for myself. Let me ask you something. Oh, well, you have random guests on. So I don't know. Do you ever have your friends on your podcast? Oh, all the time. So I actually we'll have, have to get them to stop coming on because they, they, they take it too far, <laughs> way too far. We have an episode called, uh, his name's Chris Rourke. Um, mm-hmm. he's a buddy of mine, but like my first 60 on my first season, they're yeah. all people I've met. They're all the people in my area. Oh, that's awesome. So it's like a little hometown show. Yeah, well, it was it was more like I need to do podcasting. I didn't have the equipment to do it online. And then I found this way, which is a thousand times easier because people will actually show up. Yeah. Before I was planning it and it was so, oh, it was fucking terrible. I'd be like, hey, man, so we've had this plan for two weeks. You're still good for tonight? Yeah, I'm good for tonight. Ten minutes before that meeting time. Sorry, bro, can't make it going to the bar. Wow. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Especially yours, like. We can get away if a guest were to cancel because it's like there's still three of us, but yours is one-on-one. So oh, yeah. I rely kind of, on that person. Yeah, kind of important. Yeah, but it's crazy because then like they, those are the ones that like last two to three hours long. Like I have one with my cousin, Corey Armbrecht. Uh, he's on, I think, episode nine mm-hmm. of my first season. And I met that was on Christmas Day. That was a Christmas Day podcast. I met him the night before on Christmas Eve, and he's my long-lost cousin. I didn't know he existed, and he's 35 years old. So we're just learning about each other on the podcast, and it goes eventually into, like, Terminator talk. Like, he's he's all into, like, like college for genetic programming and designing your own artificial life and stuff. So he's all – He's going to be a downfall to our society. Well, I tell him, I'm like, if you're going to create anything artificial, you better make sure I get a fucking sloth out of it. He's like, I'll make sure you get a sloth for sure. But like, it's crazy because then he, over the summer, he lived with us and he was he was on a lot of my podcasts too, talking about life and stuff. It was cool. But like my New Year's Day podcast, um, my birthday was New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So it was my New Year's Eve podcast, which is me getting drunk with my buddy while we're watching the ball drop. And then it's, it's this type of real connection that we talk about, like having, sometimes it's just fun to shoot the shit and have fun. And like, yeah. that's what a podcast can turn into. That's the, I feel like those are the best. Cause even we have our topics like picked out, you know how it goes, man. You start talking about one thing, you go like fucking 10 things off the board and you're like, I don't know how we got here, but that was an incredible conversation. Like you just know, like that one's going to be a good one. And in your head, you're like, thank God we got that on recording. I mean, how many times do you say something at a restaurant or at a bonfire at two in the morning that you don't remember exactly what was said, but you know you're connected to that person forever? Oh, yeah, dude. So many. So many times. So I, I actually went off your question. So what were you saying with your question? See, that's how it happens, man. Just something like that. Um, how many times 
like it blows my mind how many times people want to come on the podcast we'll pick a time they'll come on it and then it's like they either aren't prepared for the podcast all we ask is like if you're going to bring like come on the podcast like bring one idea and then we'll do the rest of it like just come with something so we can kind of you know intro you do your thing either don't do that or it's like you come on the podcast you're like all excited like you want to be on the podcast and then you're on it we put the episode out and it's like you don't post anything about it it's like Dude, I don't ask for much, but just put it on your Instagram story. Be like, hey, I was on this episode. Check it out. Like, it's just small stuff like that. Yeah, I tell people, like, I, I appreciate a share and stuff, but I more like the feedback from it. Like, I want to make sure the person, like, mine's not live. It doesn't go up uh, the day we record. It goes up probably, like, a few weeks later, um, mostly because I re- try and record as many as I possibly can on my days off, um, yeah. just so I can post a new person every single day. Mm-hmm. And it 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 it's, I love the feedback I get from where people are like, it's amazing. And like, dude, I want to be on again. I'm like, awesome. I'm glad because I'm trying to highlight in the world that there's, we could just need to have conversations with a random stranger sometimes too. You know, I, my, uh, my grandma said the one thing to me, she was like, you know, I listen to your podcast. You say a lot of F words. And I was like, yeah, I was like, she's like, I didn't know you talk like that. I was like, I don't drop fuck when I'm eating grandma's pancakes. Yeah, but, I feel like that's most people. <laughs> but she was like, but at the same time, like you're meeting individual people, random strangers. Aren't you afraid that a conversation isn't going to go well? I was like, I'm literally doing what you guys told me not to do and accepting the candy from the stranger in the van. Like you got Reese's <laughs> cups, I'm hopping in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's crazy because I, I have had a few podcasts, even some recently, where one I did, I gave up on. I've never done that before, but really? the dude was just giving me one word response and he seemed all about it and everything. I was like, hey, so what do you do this? I was asking him all like a bunch of stuff. You know, I'm really good. Like a lot of people don't believe I'm good at making no dead air. I can mm-hmm. constantly no. keep, I don't edit any of my podcasts. No, so, I can tell just from talking. I'm like, you're pretty good about you know, quick thinking questions, stuff like that. Well, I'm, I'm, it's just conversation. Like everything I'm asking is everything I want to know. So I'm sitting there mm-hmm. talking to this guy and he's just going, my name's Josh. My name's <laughs> this. My podcast is this. I do that. Yeah, I can do this. And then it's just dead air. I'm like, anything else, bro? Like you want to <laughs> talk about? And I started going in and trying to explain and like at least maybe set him up to get interested into something, even yeah. talked about something he was interested in. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. I'm like, fuck. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. It's awesome talking to you. And then I end up ending it. And then I'm like, I just, I, I delete those. And I've had great ones that go two hours long with some kid off Reddit. And they yeah. go, hey, man, do me a favor. Don't post it. I'm like, what? Well, fuck, dude. Like, Why would you come on the podcast? Exactly. He's like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want people to see that side of me. I'm like, what? That you like, <laughs> you, you want to, we talked about Bigfoot. What the hell is incriminating <laughs> about Bigfoot? So I'm like, I'll put them on my computer and just upload it as like a random episode. But like, you don't want me to put your, I, I prefer to put the person's name in there because a lot of people look at all my episodes and they go, you get really important people on there. I don't think I'll be a fit for your podcast. Dude, if you look up your fucking job description, it's completely glorified. Yeah. Me, I'm a houseman at a hotel. You know what it tells mm-hmm. me I am? I'm a clinical supervising instructor of resource hospitality or some shit. I'm like, I don't do yeah. a fucking thing that sets. It just punches it up, man. It just makes it, it looks all cute, you know? 
Like we're all individuals who have thoughts. People go, I'm a stay at home dad. That's a fucking important job too. I'm a stay at home Mm -hmm. mom. That's an important job too. I just do a podcast. That's an important job too. We're all important and interesting in our own ways. Just take an hour to get to know each other. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, like for me, I don't know if it is for you, but when trying to get guests, I've had people come on and go, I have this book I want to talk about. I can be on for 20 minutes. Uh Uh-uh. What? 20 minutes? Yeah, I've had, I've, I've denied so many, I've not denied so many, but I've denied five people. I had one on my podcast who gave me 30 minutes and then goes, I have to get into another meeting, ended it. And I was like, okay. And I told him, I was like, just let you know, this isn't going up until we finish it. He goes, what do you mean finish it? I was like, dude, the min time is an hour. If you think you're going to do a 30 minute set and walk off, it ain't happening. I was like, we're having a conversation, brother. That's what we got to do. I think when we first started our podcast, I, I could tell a lot of people weren't familiar with podcasts because I feel like a lot of people wanted like a 20 or 30 minute thing. And I'm like, that's not what a podcast is. Man. Like, I know a lot of people won't listen to like a Joe Rogan, like three hour podcast. And even I won't do it like consecutively because I'll usually listen when I drive. But it's like, I listen to one every day. Really? See, it's I, I would have to break it up, but I could definitely do it. I just couldn't do it straight. Well, I have a gym addiction. So for the past seven years, I've worked out every single day and haven't missed a day. Wow. Um, so I pulled that out of school from being bullied. See, there's a deep, there's a deep kind of information thing behind everything. Every reason someone yeah. has something, they, they pull it from something. And uh, so that, that's like what I was saying before about your criminal um, law education going into the private prison thing you're interested about. Mm-hmm. And so I listen while I'm out there. It's it's I'm there for two to three hours a day. Damn, dude, what so, are you doing for that long? I can go like an hour, an hour and a half, and then I'm like, all right, I gotta leave because I can't be here much longer. I do about an hour and a half of hardcore lifting for whatever muscle I'm targeting, and then I do a good maybe 30, 40 minutes of ab workout, and then finish it off like a 30 minute cardio session. Okay, all right, but that makes sense. I'm an insomniac, so I never sleep. So it's like when I'm not sleeping. I can podcast with someone in a different country or something where their time zone is like 7 p.m. there and it's like 4 a.m. my time. Yeah, you said that. You were like 3 a.m. You'll be up there. And I was like, what do you mean you're up at 3 a.m.? I have randomly like get sleep. Like I'll be like driving and I'll be like, I'm really tired. And then, like my buddy's <laughs> like, don't you fucking fall asleep right now. <laughs> Cause like we learned one time I was sitting there. It was like 2 p.m. We're taking this trip back from Philadelphia after a concert. And um, I'm like, just, I, I hadn't gotten any sleep for like the past two days. And I'm like, I'll be good to drive. So uh, we hit Wawa. I got pizza combos. Immediately, I put one of those pizza combos in my mouth and I started conking out on the bridge. What? I was going out, dude. Like my body was like, Jesus. all right, we're going into comatosis mode with this food. Like and my comedy. buddy's like, my buddy's just slapping me like, wake up, wake <laughs> up. Don't you dare. I can't, we can't even switch right now because we're on the bridge. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. But then 10 minutes later, I'll get energy again. And That's it's weird, man. But it's, I've, I've used it to my benefit. I think what a lot of people need to realize this problem that we hold so much in our life, like, oh, I'll never be able to get this because it's a problem. I'll never be able to get this because it's that. I'm like, no, it's not a problem. Just use it to your benefit. You yeah, know, you can't sleep. Do stuff to benefit yourself in a later life, like later down the road in your life with podcasting or doing something that's going to create a good, you know, effect where you're not going to end up needing sleep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How much sleep do you usually get? Like two hours a night or maybe two to three every couple of days. 
how do you survive like i feel like it has to be bad for you I okay. So a doctor recently scared the shit out of me because he was like, you know, what's common with insomniacs, right? And I'm like, what? He goes, you guys are going to develop Alzheimer's at an earlier age. I was Your like, brain doesn't get any rest, man. Fuck. Why would you put that in my head? <laughs> why would you put that in my head? He's like, dude, I'm just warning you. I'm like, you're warning now you won't me. be able to sleep now. Yeah. I'm like, now you think I'm going to get even more sleep? He's like, I just thought maybe you'd shut your phone off and try and go to bed. I'm like, dude, I've shut everything off my room sat in complete darkness at 9 p.m. And I, I did not sleep. I looked at my phone. It was 4 a.m. I said, what the fuck happened? I listened to sounds of the ocean and I'll never do that again. Because I swear to God, I've talked about it before in the podcast. There's one of them out there mm-hmm. that is the beach sounds and it's a nice calming beach. And I'm like, I live by the beach. So it's basically a nature sound to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to it. And like 10 minutes in, right when you're about to go, like conk right out, yeah. all you hear is a seagull go, ah! <laughs> and if every minute and a half, he keeps doing that. And I'm like, I end up waking up and I'm like, I just want to kill that fucking bird. Why would they put that sound in there? That's I, the most, uh, that's the opposite of any relaxing thing you would want to hear in the moment. Sounds of the beach. My uh, f- you know what? We don't need all the sounds. Just give me select sounds yeah. of the beach. Just give me the dude snoring who sounds like he's having a good time while getting a sunburn. Like, it's all I care about. You know, my, my first idea for doing a podcast was like, I just want to hold up a microphone to my face and eat different things of cereal. <laughs> but not even with milk, just with dry <laughs> ass cereal. cereal. So you're just getting like, and then like you get a cornflake or something stuck in your throat. And you're like, <laughs> like get that in there. So like, I thought that would be so funny just to have on Spotify some person that just has like different types of cereal and like you get to hear oh it hit God. the bowl and everything i'm like that's like some you're doing ASMR like an, stuff. yeah so you do like an asmr cereal podcast but that was before it was big i had this idea oh, like wow. two years ago and next thing you know asmr is like all over social media now i'm like damn you i didn't could have know. been a millionaire dude could have been killing the game fucking next thing i know i need to buy a cat and teach it how to play piano <laughs> well dude, i mean it's crazy because we all have these stories of how we started and uh, mine was like, you know, I, I got obviously in a tight corner, felt like my life was just an endless routine and it just wasn't going anywhere. It was work, gym, school, work, gym, school, work, gym, school. And I was like, I, I don't know what the fun is anymore. Really, This just became a boring life. And then five years out of school, this my buddy calls me and I only ate lunch with him 30 minutes a day. That's how I was friends with him. You yeah, know, a lot of high school, like friendships is like, it's because we're in the same situation, like by proximity. Cause after that, you usually don't talk to a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, you don't, any of those people you thought were your best friends, you don't even really talk to anymore. You only have very yeah. true best friends. And, um, he calls me up one night at like two o'clock in the morning. And I just got back from the gym at like 1 a.m. So I was like kind of relaxing in bed. I had work at five. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try and get a couple hours of sleep if I can. So I'm sitting there and he calls me and goes, hey, man, I know we never really talked, but I always knew you as a true person. And you actually cared about my day when you asked about it. And I was like, what's up, dude? Yeah, it's like early in the morning, man. I'm trying to get some sleep. We got work. And then he just goes, I'm on my roof right now, drunk. I'm I'm like, okay. He goes, I'm about to jump. And then he just starts confiding into me and I ended up having him on my podcast. And then I've talked about it before in the podcast, not beat to beat the dead horse, but it's, 
we're all experiencing something together and we need to take time to realize that and also rationalize and have a sense of empathy towards each other. It's so easy to do. We just don't do it because we don't care about each other anymore. Yeah, man, that's pretty fucking heavy. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, I'm like a, like too much cream in the coffee. I can be a good at a certain amount, but then I can toss it on you pretty late at thick. But I'm like, it's just to highlight the best aspects. Like my one thing I always did when I did these in person was you shut your phones off and we mm-hmm. sat here and talked. Whatever you're interested about, whatever the conversation comes to, because it can become so random. And the feeling you get from it, a good conversation or a good podcast with your buddies or something, afterwards, you feel like you could take on the fucking world. Oh, for sure. You get, you, when you finish that podcast and you just know it was a good one, you're like, we really did our thing today. That was incredible. I'll never forget. I had one that was like two and a half hours long. I had to pause it. I was like, dude, I got to piss really bad. And he's like, <laughs> thank you. You said something because I'm about to wet my pants right now. I'm like, let's go. Let's break, cough. Let's break it up. You know, I mean, my Christmas Eve podcast or Christmas Day podcast was shrimp, was fueled by shrimps, crab cakes, and a lot of coffee. That sounds incredible. I don't drink coffee, but that sounds incredible. Me and my cousin were like, you want some more coffee? I was like, yeah, let's pause it. And bam, next thing you know, we'd be downstairs go running right back up. My mom's like, you've been up there for like three and a half hours, guys. And like, we're learning about each other. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's something you just got to let that slide. Like long lost cousin, we're going to try to figure some things out if you don't mind. Yeah, he was like 14 years older than I was. I was like, holy crap. Like we never even knew about you. We just found out about you last year. Yeah. And he's into creating genetic animals. Like, what the? Using computer coding. I read his school books on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, not happening ever. (laughs) I will never understand the zeros and ones and the whole explanation for each description of what those things actually mean. It's just out of my pay rate. You know, sometimes it's just not for me. Well, it's like you have a Dunbar limit on the amount of information you can hold. And my brain's just not holding any of that information. I'd rather try and discover every type of hummingbird (laughs) (laughs) like it's true (laughs) i get i can go down like i I used to do a podcast called fill in the blank i'm trying to start back up but i would ask like guests i had on the original episode what's one thing you find super interesting like a topic my buddy was like 19th century victorian surgery i'm like what Fuck, so dude. specific, dude. <laughs> Could have said anything, and you said 19th century, like no 18th century, just 19th. Yes. So I learned, <laughs> and I looked up a bunch of articles and found out a bunch of information. So each episode is just a 30 minute conversation about that topic. But we would shoot the shit on so much stuff. My one buddy's like, I really like weird deaths. Like you remember that show, A Thousand Ways to Die? To die, classic, dude. Classic. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so let me look this shit up. So I looked up weird deaths. We did one podcast called death by coconut apparently coconuts kill more people than sharks per year from dropping on people's heads i'm assuming yeah and there's actually signs that i went when i went into hawaii they actually have signs of it. it's like a pedestrian crossing sign but there's a giant coconut tree and it's basically pelting coconuts at you and it says in hawaiian like beware of falling coconuts dude i there's a couple ways i don't want to go out to die coconuts definitely one and also i will like i don't want to get hit by a car and die there's something about that that just makes me so angry to think about. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that like I don't I couldn't even think of the worst way to die would be, dude. Cause I saw that 
page on Instagram, nature is metal. And I'm like, mm. fuck dude, bears could easily murder me. I used to be afraid of just sharks, not bears, but nah, dude, all that stuff. It seems like it's just a long process. I don't feel like dealing with. <laughs> yeah. I was there. We were looking at bear videos one day and I was like, yeah, couldn't you just cr- like climb up the tree? And then somebody showed me a video of a bear just like going up a tree. No problem. I was like, yeah, you're done for. If a bear ever finds you and decides it wants to attack you, like, unless you have a weapon, forget about it. Yeah. I, all right. So if I was going to drop you in the middle of Yellowstone, mm-hmm. okay. And you have, all you have is a knife. What's the first thing you're doing? Yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm going to get a big stick, long stick and just kind of carve out a little spear for it. Then you gotta, you gotta figure out where you're going to set up camp of some sort. Probably near some water because you know, mm, well, you got to drink water, but you don't want it depends on that kind of water. Ooh, that's getting tricky really quickly. I'm trying to think because I know you can drink your own urine, but I don't know how far that goes. Yeah. Because eventually it's just going to be blank. I mean, hopefully you can get like a good natural stream if you're in Yellowstone so you can drink out of it. Oh, yeah. But what about bears, though? See, dude, that's why you got to go with the long spear and just hope you can kind of keep it at bay. Dude, I, the only way you can escape a bear is if you run downhill. Downhill? They can't keep up with you downhill? No, it's the problem is that their, their weight from their back, like because they're bigger in the hind, yeah. so their weight starts to go forward and it makes them start to roll, like topple over themselves, like a snowball pushing it down a mountain or something. Ooh. But I feel like if I was running downhill, there's a all, all, especially in the woods, there's a strong possibility I'm going to also face plant with that pair. So we might end up at the same place at the bottom of that hill. I feel like a better expl- or a better question for you would be, what is your plan to survive the zombie apocalypse? Because I know everyone has thought about this. <sighs> the only option is an abandoned lighthouse. You get a fishing rod and you just live off the, off the land. Unless you get those zombies that can fucking swim. There's a movie I watched. A bunch of people were on a life raft and all these zombies came out of the water that walked from like the shore into the, where they were like their boat was and Mm -hmm. just started grabbing them. I was like, fuck, if that happens, we're all dead. Yeah. I feel like the, the water is your best bet, but if that's a possibility, I don't know where you go. It's gotta be like the movie 2012 where you just got a plane. You just a plane and then you go to Africa because it's the only place that didn't get flooded for some reason. But I'd be afraid of African zombies. Oof. Not like the race, but just the whole idea of they are like already like a different type of quality human. You know what I mean? Like compared mm-hmm. to Americans, our bodies are slower, you would think. But over there, they're like processed food isn't really a thing so they're like eating natural ingredients you'd have like healthy zombies <laughs> a fucking keto zombie dude oh. coming after you dude god and they just have that natural strength because it's not like they're hitting the gyms like it's just like that farmer strength where they don't look too muscular but then they put their hand on you and you're like well all right then gotcha Bro, that zombie's a crossfitter <laughs> <laughs> he's got a six-pack Bro, he's just running up whatever, like, fucking tower you have. It's like, how is he doing? It's like, dude, it's all about the core strength and the hand strength. He just really got up there quickly. Like, 
look, you eat the you eat the you eat the arm for essential nutrients in your uh, your amino acids. It starts going right to a deep description. Hey, like before I eat you, I'm gonna tell you how and why and why it's good for me and in the future, if you were to be alive, good for you. I had a classic I had a dream about the zombie apocalypse that when I was like, I think 16 years old after like the walking dead was kind of out like for like the second season or something. When it was still pretty good. Dude. I immediately never want that to happen. Cause it was such the realest experience. I woke up, I was like, fuck, like if this happened, we would all be dead. There would be no surviving. You just die. There is like, you would maybe at least live a year or two, but mm-hmm. you would eventually one day slip up. Yeah. And dude, that's, a, that's not even a good life to live where you're just always on edge. Just think anytime you hear like any creak, you're like, that's a zombie. I'm dead for. Imagine the I am legend zombies. <sighs> dude, I wouldn't want that at all. No. Did no, you see the, the process of eliminating his scent the whole time throughout the movie? No, refresh me on it. He was literally, when he would go out after a day, like, you know, cause they couldn't come out during daytime. They would come out yeah. at night. So he would just hide in the bathroom at night with a gun so no one they they were looking for him though like they Mm -hmm. were looking for people and um what he would do is he would take like bleach and all these types of like acid corrosion cleaners and he would flush off his steps he would go into town to his favorite stores and stuff he would get his scent around there like in this area where he wasn't then he would drive out and then he would while he was walking up his steps with his dog he would eliminate everything he touched with his feet everything anything that would have a scent on him they would take showers when they got home they would do all of that dude that's just like a terrible life to live imagine a zombie apocalypse you have to shower every fucking day it's probably not even a good running water system at that point cuz no one else is alive oh, dude that sucks man cuz I think the one the best part about the zombie apocalypse is like you can't you don't have to flush the toilet anymore. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You could poop in a toilet, a new toilet every day. You could break into somebody's house, use their bathroom, kill their family first, and then well their family's dead, so it, there's no, there's nothing criminal about it. And you use their bathroom. Yes. What if it's a disappointing bathroom? Then you like you're, the next you're, house. you're planning all day. You're so excited. You get in there. It's like just the smallest toilet. And you're like, this hasn't been used since like the forties. Like what's going on? Or there's like no toilet paper. Oh, what the hell? He doesn't have any toilet paper on the roll. Son of a bitch. Where do they keep their toilet paper? But then you're just like half assing it literally <laughs> with your pants at your ankles looking for toilet paper around their house. Oh man. Imagine there's just no toilet paper at all. What do you do then? You got to go to the sink or take a shower. Oh, and no running water. And you're just, you're, you're shit. Oh my God. This is why the walking dead, everyone stinks on that show. I bet. Yeah. They just, they can't shower. It's just not plausible. It's not, not clean. Forever unclean. You need that water to drink. You know, listen, I can't be showering every day. I got to save it. Well, you want to take a shower? I bet next you want to ask me to wear deodorant. Oh yeah. Okay. Can't do that. Imagine that. You know how weird that would be someone wearing deodorant during the zombie apocalypse. Are you wearing Old Spice? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. found some in a store. Yeah, it's like every day you smell of a new scent. Where the, where the hell did you go? Oh, instead of getting to the grocery store where everybody was going when the zombie apocalypse came out, I actually went to a de- uh, department store and raided the, actually the deodorant aisle. So I could <laughs> have the a most new useless scent. thing. Everybody has a plan. Like you make a plan like, all right, you're going to grab this, you're going to have this. Guy's like, so I was supposed to get all that food 
but like there was a big line so i just went to like the jc pennies and i mean we got deodorant so like that's fine like perfume like we're good to go i got bags and bags of twinkies <laughs> we can't that's there's no nutrients in that there's nothing in that yeah but they last forever like you couldn't have gotten canned food no why fu- it's too heavy this is light then there's the guy that just gets a bunch <laughs> of candles just gets a bunch of candles, like fucking home goods of candles. Like there's this one, it's apple scent. There's this one that's pineapple. This one's banana. What are we going to do with those? I can't eat a candle. Yeah, but like if it gets dark at night, you can see. That's true. But do you want the zombies to see you? But that can cover your scent. You get a nice like pine out there. I don't know if I'm a zombie and I'm a, I'm going to, I'm going to wonder why the hell it smells like unicorn starburst frappuccino <laughs> near this one area where everything else smells like rotting corpse. That's what you do, man. Once you leave the area, you light, you, you got to get a small candle. One of those like bullshit, like votives, put it out there, light it. They go to that. By the time they get there, you're like 10, 15 miles away. Good to go. There's two types of people that are going to go to the store. One that gets the essential stuff and the one that doesn't get anything that's going to benefit anybody in the group. Wait, listen, I got a whisk, so that's something. I got a know? whisk. We just need all the other utensils to go with it. There's one dude that's like, I got a bunch of condoms. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? I just got a bunch of condoms. Listen, you can always have safe sex, okay? Protective, <laughs> hey, protective gear protective gear start putting that shit on your arms and your legs so when zombies bite they can't get through the latex wow see look some people think small that person's they're they're the creative one they're the one that's going to survive because they're thinking outside the box and there's got a dude out there that buys a bunch of guns and then doesn't buy any ammo fuck (laughs) hey we got an rpg but we can't use it because we don't have any missiles that would be that would be the epitome of like my life just like Got the guns, guys. Like, what about the ammo? It's like, <sighs> didn't that's, think about that one. That's my life is the three-point shot, but I always <laughs> just miss it. Oh, so close. It's like, damn. It's like, just goes around the rim and you're like, mm, you know, maybe one of these days. One well, these Eric, days Eric, thanks so much for being on my podcast, man. It was great talking to you. Hey, it was a pleasure, man. Thank I, you. I want to give you here a minute at the end to promote your content. All right, um, so listen to our podcast, Porch Talk. It's out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the other stuff. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Porch Talk. There's no A, so Porch, T-L-K. And uh, check out our YouTube channel, also Porch Talk. We put out clips of every episode. And uh, that's about it. Thank you, man, for having me on. You know what's funny about Porch Talk? What? Is that when you're actually talking on the porch, there's some weird shit that gets said, which is pretty why, pretty much why you get you said that name, I'm guessing. Yeah. And also, it's a lot of shit that gets talked on there too. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's the epitome of a good podcast, talking shit. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Eric, for being on this episode, Out of the Blank Podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode.